0: time again yes it's time for voice of change and it is myself lauren jacobs welcome to today's show i hope that you've been having a wonderful day so far and a great great week and if you are sitting in your car and you're driving home well drive safely while tuning into the show because today i have an incredible incredible guest but also we're going to be touching on something that i fully believe we need to be talking more about And yes, it's something that I hear a lot about in, you know, certain circles and just among friends. But when we talk about something like infertility, which is the theme of today, it is something that we often don't talk about in bigger groups or at conferences, at meetings. And sometimes we don't even talk about infertility and its effect on our mental health as well. Uh, You know, it's something that we don't often really just kind of sit down and go okay let's talk deeper about it let's talk openly about it and I know that that is because when we're dealing with infertility and those individuals and couples among us who are on that journey it is a very hard journey it's a tough journey and also it's a very lonely journey and it's filled with so many many things so many underlying things that affects mental health like anxiety or depression isolation and today we really want to open up this conversation open up the door and say how does infertility affect mental health and what are the aspects of infertility that we need to talk about not just from a physical perspective a physiological perspective because we know that that is at the heart of people who struggle with infertility but as well as the spiritual aspect in the sense of what can faith communities do? How should faith communities respond? How can faith leaders better be equipped to help individuals and couples who are struggling on the journey of infertility? And joining me to have this conversation is someone who is raising incredible awareness around the conversation of infertility and mental health and it's Fatima Now, Fatima is a qualified pharmacist and a clinical pharmacy lecturer, in the Department of Pharmacy and Pharmacology at Witts University. She has also undertaken to pursue her PhD with a special research interest in women's health, particularly on the emphasis of endometriosis and infertility. And she is driven to inform and empower women to take responsibility for their health. And as I said, create awareness around conditions affecting women and conditions that are affecting women with infertility as well as just their health and this is something that i know many of us resonate with and so today as i invite fatima on the show with me i want you just to settle in and also maybe if you know somebody that you love and that you care about and you want them to you know tune into this conversation just because you love and care about them then you know it's pop them a quick message while we go to a song and say join k Pulpit right now tune in to voice of change they're going to be talking about something so specific. And we really are coming together, Fatima and I, to discuss this topic from a non-judgmental perspective and from a place of safety, from a place of saying, we see you and we ourselves have similar struggles and we want to open up this door to create awareness and to empower women. So stay tuned, Fatima's with me after this. Fatima, it is so good to have you here with me today. We are talking about something that I feel is vitally important, and we're going to be talking about infertility, mental health, and just jumping off you know into different areas that we need to be thinking about before we get into that though. Welcome to the show today. I hope that you are having a great day. I know that you're also busy and lecturing, so it's so fantastic to have you here. Thank you, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Um, especially to discuss such a pertinent topic, which I think is very valid and very important that we open discussions about such topics.
0: Mm, Absolutely. You touched on something that's important there, you know, that we're going to get deeper into, the fact that we don't talk about infertility that much. And we don't, you know, we see sometimes posts on social media, but almost it's like a topic that, is still, do you feel that people don't talk about it because it's associated with a lot of pain or hardship or sometimes associated with a lot of shame that couples or women specifically don't want to say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling because people would judge them as well. Is there still those elements around infertility when you're talking about the struggle to really have children, even if the desire is there, but just, you know, it's not happening
1: yes definitely and and it's it's actually very unfortunate that there still is so much of stigma and shame that is attached to infertility um mm. and to think that we've come so far and people are afraid to talk about it on both sides um yes, it is a very painful condition. it is something that also in many cases people feel embarrassed about they feel ashamed about. And mm. that is why I think we need to start opening up these discussions and um, so that it doesn't become a taboo topic. It is mm. a medical condition and it isn't something that women need to feel ashamed about.
0: Mm. I agree completely. And, and when we're thinking about women and infertility and mental health, I'm sure both for you and myself, we've been and we have, maybe got friends or colleagues or people that we've met who are struggling with infertility and there is such a complex relationship between mental health as well as infertility now can you share a bit with us how does infertility really cause a psychological distress more specifically affect your mental health how does what happens and and what are the the causes of infertility on your psychological well-being
1: so you know infertility is is very like you said it's multifaceted it is so complex and it has this profound impact on not just physical your emotional your sexual aspects of life but also your psychological aspects um and Mm. just to bear in mind that infertility doesn't present on its own okay it comes Mm -hmm. with baggage and um These women are not only struggling usually with infertility, but they usually also have to manage the challenges of underlying medical conditions that contribute to the infertility. So it's trying to balance all of that. And um, the most common psychological health concerns that we see are anxiety and depression. And these continue to rise as um the fertility treatments become more and more demanding on an individual, both physically and and psychologically. So if we had to look at, for example, the, the array of emotions, you know, we usually call it um this roller coaster of emotions that that an, an infertile goes through. And on the one end there's there's that anger, that frustration, that your oh. efforts don't always equal success. You know, no matter what Mm. you try, it doesn't seem to work. Then on the other scale, there's there's the guilt where women start to question themselves. There's self-doubt. Did I do something wrong? Am I the problem? Mm. You know, and we always need to reinforce and remind women that it is a medical condition. It's not your fault. Then there's the sadness, you know, the longing for motherhood or parenthood. I mean, we all at some point we had this, we've envisioned our life. I want to mm. study. I want to graduate. I want to ha- get married. I want to have children. And when your life doesn't follow that life cycle, you feel almost stuck, stagnant. Mm. You know, Um, there's betrayal, feelings of betrayal, where you feel betrayed by your own body. And then mm. the biggest one is grief. And this grief that hits, it comes in different forms. Those that are visible, for example, um, the loss of through miscarriage, the loss of um, IVF cycles, the loss of embryos. And then there's those that are not always visible. So grieving the picture of the family you've dreamt of, the loss of your Ooh. identity, the loss of being able to fit into society and relate to others and, and just that loss of confidence. And and amongst all of these, you know why I always say that infertile um Couples or infertile women are, are such warriors is because among all of this rollercoaster of emotions, there's always, there's always that bit of hope. There's always mm-hmm. still hope that it will happen. It might happen. It can happen. But on the other extreme with all of this rollercoaster of emotions, it does cause, um, the infertile to, to almost start to isolate from family. Mm-hmm from
0: friends, from society at large. Hmm. I think that that's an important point that you raised there. I was thinking of something while you were speaking, you know, that isolation and that isolation is so intense sometimes because that's what causes that depression and anxiety. And also I was at an event recently. It was a cooking event. Uh, It wasn't for a woman say specifically, but there was a lot of women there. And uh, it was very, it was a cooking event. So it wasn't, there was nothing about motherhood. There was nothing happening there. But the speaker that they decided to host on the day actually spoke about, uh, you know, being a good parent and raising children and went into that. And I I did sit there because I have friends who are struggling with infertility for over a decade. And uh, she was going to come to this particular event. She didn't, thankfully, I think it was a blessing in disguise because, Just It was assumed that because there were a lot of women there and that it was uh, centered around cooking, that the guest speaker of the day should be speaking about parenting. And I thought it was kind of a hard step because a lot of women that were there, I'm sure, don't all have children. There were a lot of women in that room. And I think it's, again, this reality that uh, we're not thinking. We're not thinking that actually – You know, let's if it's cooking, let's let's stick to cooking. You know, there could be a lot of women there that are struggling, like you're saying, and then they want to be the the isolation, it gets more because you're like, well, actually, where can I go where I'm not reminded of what I'm going through? If I'm struggling with this, I'm here, I just want to cook, you know, I'm just cooking, learning how to do some (laughs) nice cooking. Why do I have to then hear about, oh, the love of a mother and how we take care of our children? And it doesn't mean that the uh, event organizers were wrong. It just means I think that don't we need to think a bit deeper and a bit more about this and what we do can impact so many people's lives and, again, cause further depression, anxiety, and isolation, which we know is not good.
1: Yes, most definitely. Um, You know, Lauren, I – on my – educational initiative page um, I post a lot of educational information about infertility about women's health and I always say that it's not aimed at just infertile couples or infertile mm. women um, it's it's aimed at society at large and the reason for that is because every person at some point in your life will be in contact or know someone who is going through the struggle Be it a family, be it a friend, be it a colleague, be it a neighbor, you know, be it an employee. And so if we understand, if society understands the challenges and the complexities of infertility, it becomes almost easier for them to be able to be more sensitive in the approach to the infertile. You know, sometimes we try to help sometimes society, people around you try to help you, but in doing that, they might have good intentions, but in doing that, because they don't understand the basis and foundation and the processes involved in infertility, they might be causing more harm than good. Mm. Because like you say, this triggers all around us, you know, and if you understand the processes better, um, you are able to be more compassionate and mindful when you actually approach um, infertile women
0: or, or infertile couples. Hmm. I love that. And I love that you mentioned earlier on that there are often also underlying conditions, medical conditions, I think, of PCRS. I think of endometriosis and that I'm a PCOS warrior because I live with it. And um, it's a very difficult condition that people don't really talk about a lot. And often I've met women who do want to have children, but things like PCOS and endometriosis make that journey very, very difficult. And again, we see that there could be these underlying medical conditions and that just makes the journey even harder now for those who don't know Fatima would you share with us just a little bit of uh, I don't have people that often speak about PCOS and endometriosis because you know again it's something that people don't talk about but what exactly is PCOS and endometriosis how does that affect the infertile and how does it affect that journey
1: so you know, there's an array of conditions that can affect um, uh, the fertility of a woman. And yes, um, among them are, are conditions like PCOS, and, and which stands hmm. for polycystic ovary syndrome, which basically means that in, in, in simple terms where a female has hormonal disorders and it causes these enlarged ovaries with small cysts um, and it can involve an array of factors. And hmm. when we talk about, for example, a condition like endometriosis, where um, a tissue that's very similar to to the lining of your uterus actually grows outside the uterus, and it can grow um, on any one of your organs, and and it, it might not just have reproductive effects, but it have it has effects on your other organ systems, um, hmm. and. A very important point when when we come to these um, underlying medical conditions and why we try to push for awareness around these conditions is because most of these conditions have a common presentation that involves some kind of imbalance or irregularity with your menstrual cycle. Hmm. And the moment it involves your menstrual cycle and the moment it involves irregularities or painful menstrual cycles, Many, many females would actually attest to the fact that they are dismissed or ignored by medical professionals when they present with these type of symptoms. Um, mm. because it's assumed that um, a painful menstrual cycle is normal. And the message we're trying yeah. to get out there is it's not normal. And that's why women need to become advocates for their own health. And that is why mm. we have these ed- educational platforms. That is why we have these discussions so that Women can recognize the signs and symptoms of these type of conditions so that they seek medical attention timelessly and not when the condition has progressed, which then has negative outcomes on fertility. And it just makes the journey tougher and more difficult in terms of fertility. Um, mm. For example, with PCOS, you know, and endometriosis if picked up early and you can start working on fertility early um, it does have it decreases the delay in fertility so yeah we really advocate for women to start you know advocating for their health know your symptoms and know when to seek medical attention and if you are dismissed find another medical professional and make sure that you are heard. I know it's not the ideal situation. You you, you, you present yourself to a medical professional hoping that you'd get the best care. But unfortunately, mm. when it comes to these conditions that are associated with the menstrual cycle, we do see um, a lot of medical gaslighting,
0: um, as we put mm. it. Mm. Sure. I, I'm so grateful for what you shared as well. I know with my journey, it took 18 months for me to, and, and many different doctors and specialists uh, to figure out what was wrong with me, you know. And uh, I my, my bestie, uh, she also has PCOS and it took very long for her to get diagnosed, you know, and we were going through our journey separately before we even had met each other. And uh, when we eventually became friends, we would talk, We today we talk about PCOS a lot, you know, because we're like, well we 're worrying through this, but it took us both a very long time to get diagnosed, but i 've also since met other women who have had endometriosis for long, and that 's something that is you know not diagnosed very quickly either. So again, I think that what you are saying and as well as the awareness that you are raising and the incredible awareness that you're raising on social media, which we will touch on a bit later is so important if we can get that di- these diagnosis and we can get it and we can understand what's happening in our bodies it helps with you know with fertility but also with that anxiety and that depression you feel not knowing what is wrong with me like why am i feeling this way and your hormones are up and down and your menstrual cycles are really bad it is it is so important that we have these conversations and raise this awareness and you know i just i just almost want us just to have a quick quick music break just so that we can reflect on what we've been talking about but i don't want you as my listener to go anywhere because fatima is still with me after this and we're going to touch on as well how you can help and be with people not only individuals but couples you are experiencing infertility, but are also on the journey of treatment. And this is so vitally important. And we also want to, to, you know, really give some pointers for faith leaders of, as well of different faith communities to know how they can show up in a positive way. So stay tuned. It's all coming up after this. You are with me, Lauren Jacobs, your voice of change today and joining me, Fatima Katrada with me. And we have been talking about mental health as well as infertility and how infertility affects mental health, but also why we need to continue to raise awareness about how women's bodies are affected, the underlying medical conditions, what's happening in our bodies, how to create awareness and get help. And it's so, so important. Now, Fatima, I want to know from you if you can give us some pointers because maybe there's listeners who are listening to us and going, actually, I have a daughter, a granddaughter, a colleague who has recently said, you know, that, you know, she doesn't have children but she wants children. Um, I, I think that she might be struggling in this area, but hasn't said anything. What kind of things should we say uh, or should we avoid saying as well to people struggling with infertility uh, so that we can be compassionate human beings and, and people that actually do care and don't judge others? So what should we avoid saying and what, sh- what kind of things can we say?
1: Okay. Thank you, Lauren. You know, this is this is something that's very important and something i in trying to drive a lot among society so that we're just more mindful when we approach um, the infertile couple and and like I've said before it's not that when you're trying to help that, that you have bad intentions but sometimes you may be um, triggering um, something or you may be doing more harm than good and so if we understand this mm. better it, it makes it easier and I always say the number one rule is try to limit your advice if I can tell you, an infertile has done extensive research. Um, they have been through enough. And so the last thing they need is extensive advice. When I say extensive advice, you know, it can sometimes come across as being very, uh, very blunt. It can come across as almost blame. So comments such as um, just relax, it will happen okay Mm. no no it doesn't just happen for some of us or comments like oh you're lucky you don't have to you don't have kids you don't have to wake up earlier in the weekend no trust me an infertile would give anything for that you know comments like you eat too much or you eat unhealthily or comments like you don't eat enough eat more or comments like you're too thin or you're too fat or you work too much or you don't work enough or if you have more faith in God, it will happen. Or, you know, yeah. so just, oh, did you try this? Or just try IVF and you'll have twins. Know that process is not so simple and IVF doesn't always end in a success, you know? Or just, just adopt, um, and and it's mm. it's over and done with. No, adoption is not for everyone. And it, it is a tedious process. And, and a lot of these fertility treatments are expensive and, and not everybody can afford to go through with it. So for mm. me, I would say, you know, try to keep your advices limited, but instead say things like, I know it's challenging. I'm here if you need to talk. I wish you didn't have to go through with it. I'm here. And instead of giving advice, rather say, I support the decisions you make. And, and the best is honestly, even if you say nothing, but to be there, to be understanding, to be supportive silently, such that you don't expect as much. You know, these fertility treatments are, are really They really are traumatizing. So Mm. just be supportive. If they don't attend an event, um, they don't accept that invite, don't expect an explanation and understand. And I think those type of, um, that type of support is very important. Just to know that they're Mm. there. They're supporting you. They have your back when you need it but try Mm. to just limit those advices because they really do add additional pressure and we must realize that an infertile has not just the pressure of trying to conceive they have the added pressure then of I feel like I'm letting my partner down so there's Mm. that added pressure that I can't give him or her child there's the added pressure of family where I can't give them grandchildren, I can't give Um, my nieces and nephews cousins Um, there's the added pressure of going through with fertility um, treatments you know whether it will work Mm. or not and so sometimes they may or may not even choose to disclose that they're undergoing fertility treatments because everyone is then vouching on, on on a positive outcome and to have to then come out and say it didn't work you you have disappointment, you disappoint yourself, you disappoint your spouse, and then the added pressure of disappointing family and friends. And so just support the infertile in whatever decisions they make to make
0: this mm. journey easier. Mm, wow, thank you so, so much for that. I was actually jotting some things down as well while you were talking because <laughs> I think this is important for all of us really to understand. And I love what you said too. Be supportive silently as well, you know, coming alongside people and saying, and especially couples or individuals, and saying, I'm here for you. Often there is a thought sometimes that people think, then they go, wow, you know, I must have done something wrong. Maybe I'm being punished, you know, that I can't have children. It's that that reality that we as individuals struggle with to say, maybe I've done something wrong and that's why I can't have children or or you know maybe uh, I need to deal with something in my life or I need to sort something out before I'm ready. And those aren't always uh, truths. They're not always truths, but sometimes it is the case where people feel like there has to be some meaning to this. And sometimes if we give advice and we say things, it can add extra judgment on people And I love everything that you shared. It's so, so important for us to hear and to listen and receive what you're saying so that we know how to, you know, speak to individuals and couples. And one of the things as well, when we're talking about women specifically, because I know that there's probably a lot of women who are listening to us as we are speaking today and maybe who are in this journey and who are on their journey and who are struggling with infertility and This message and this conversation is touching their heart, but also like you mentioned, Fatima, that there is a level of guilt and a a very common misconception that people have, society has, sometimes that we even have ourselves, is that infertility is just a female problem. But this isn't always the case, is it? A lot of people go, oh, oh, that that woman can't fall pregnant. But sometimes that's not really the reality when you're dealing with infertility.
1: Definitely, Lauren, you brought up a very important uh, point there. And it's it's a notion that we still haven't managed to change. Um, it's always been this great burden of childbearing has been placed on a female. And mm. in any way that that doesn't work, it's always her fault. Um, and to the extent that it's very difficult in many cases, in many couples, when they're dealing with infertility that we always say, we need to get the female and the male tested mm. um, for the best outcomes for both of you. But a female will readily go ahead and get herself tested. But it's al- always very difficult to get a male to come up and say, okay, I will get tested. It almost feels like a shot to the ego and mm. they're very reluctant um, to go through the male aspect of infertility and that is why we need to just get the message out that it doesn't make you less of a man by getting tested number one and if there is a problem with you it doesn't make you less of a man but what it does do is that it highlights where the problem is so that it can be addressed um, so that we can then have the best possible outcomes. And in many cases, men are reluctant to to, to get tested and we have only females going through it and we still see negative outcomes. Um, Whereas Mm. very often there is a problem with both the male and the female. And so we need to normalize this, that it's okay um, Mm. if it is a male problem. It's not that big Mm. of a deal. But unfortunately among society, amongst our males, it's almost seen as it cannot be a male's problem. It isn't the male. And that if a male had to go um, and have himself tested, he's almost perceived as being weaker. Mm. And I think that's the notion that we need to start and the perception that we need to start changing.
0: Mm. So, so important what you're sharing about now as well. I actually do know a couple where this was the case and they found out that the husband had, A specific problem and it could be treated and today they have two children but they really struggled for many many years and again what you're talking about is so important because getting both the partners tested was so important and it it made the journey understandable and you know they knew what they could do and they had children and and their story actually really turned around and so Very important. And lastly, Fatima, I really want to ask you, and I think it's something very important as well. This whole conversation is important. But again, as I know that there are people who are from, you know, different religious and faith communities listening in today, different spiritual communities listening in and and hearing this, I think it's also the task of religious leaders faith communities to also step up in this area and we often celebrate things like mother's day or father's day in churches or you know everywhere where people celebrate these days and and it becomes really about you know the the joy of motherhood or the blessing of the mother but also we host conferences around these days sometimes or or around different aspects of mothering and parenting and we do a lot of parenting conferences but we sometimes can then neglect and forget the fact that there are couples sitting there who are facing infertility. And these days, these conferences, these events, those, you know, services can be very difficult to attend. So I want to ask you today, how can faith leaders themselves equip themselves to be there for couples who are facing infertility and not just in, in, you know, silent counseling and not speaking about infertility. But surely there can be more that faith leaders can do. How do communities themselves really take into account that there must be practical considerations and things that they need to consider? Even maybe from, from the front, you know, from the pulpit, from the conferences. What can faith leaders and communities actually do?
1: Lauren, you know, it plays a very big role and um, when it comes to this, I think first touching quickly on on special occasions, just to note that, you know, special occasions, special festivities, religious functions, religious festivities are always one of the most toughest times for an infertile couple. And the reason mm. being is that these times are usually centered around families, and children and you usually find your infertile couples that will basically withdraw you know and sometimes they don't even mm. feel like participating in these um, festivities because of that emptiness and I think we um, in terms of faith leaders and religious leaders can come in is a good support system for an infertile is is vital And I think what we need to do is to start addressing the topic of infertility openly so that from Mm -hmm. that aspect, we can start to drive conversations that are normal. We can start to say that it is okay to talk about it because when an infertile feels like it's okay to open up, to talk about it generally, they feel more supported and they feel okay and Easier to then open up and look for help. So, I think from that point of view, we need to, it's important for them to reinforce and touch on encouragement, words of encouragement for people who are struggling with infertility, um, to really advise society in terms of being less judgmental and rather more compassionate to those who are not blessed um, with children. And, Mm. you know, we spoke earlier about the feelings of guilt, the feelings of blame, self-doubt. Is it something I did wrong? And we need to really drive this um, within religious spaces and communities to say and reinforce that it's not your fault. God is not punishing Mm. you um, with infertility. It is a medical condition and it's okay to talk about it and... You know, like you said, you host conferences around these different talks around these different days and special occasions. And why don't we perhaps host conferences about infertility for those mm. struggling with it and those who are not so that on both ends, we understand the struggle and we can meet in the middle and just be more mindful and compassionate and supportive to each other. We can have mm. these these religious support groups of people who are struggling with it so that you can share your you can share what you're going through, the processes you're going through, the difficulties, the challenges. And when you see yeah. other people who are struggling with it, it just makes the journey so much easier. You know, mm-hmm. so from that Absolutely. end, I think it's just to really drive the conversations, to change the narrative that this is a taboo, stigmatized um, condition that that one mm-hmm. needs to feel shameful about. And we should really open it up to say it's it's okay, it's a medical mm. condition and it's okay to talk about it. And it's too okay to come out here and speak about it. And and we are receptive to that. And it's not yeah. your fault.
0: I love that. I love that. Fatima, we have like literally a few seconds left. I am so grateful for you today. You have been such an incredible blessing. At the end of the show, I'm going to give out all your social media details. But I do want to say thank you so much for being with me today. It has been incredible and I'm going to give the listeners all your details at the end of the show to get in touch with you so thank you Fatima so much thank you so
1: much for having me Lauren Um, I really appreciate it and it was great um, chatting to you and our listeners it was fantastic
0: thank you so so much and
1: take care You too.
0: I was at a women's conference not so long ago, and I opened up a space to, you know, have time of prayer. And a lot of women came forward for prayer for infertility. And what I also know is that sometimes it's very hard to say those words. I'm struggling with infertility, or I struggle with endometriosis, or I struggle with PCOS, and that was something as well that I had to journey with to say I struggle with PCOS, but I don't struggle with PCOS. I'm a PCOS warrior because we get to a point of being able to thrive, but that comes only after many, many years or a decade of you know, really being someone who shows up in this area for yourself and says i'm taking control of my health i'm getting the help that i need and i'm also supporting others and being supported by others and i want to say to you today that if you are on your journey of infertility if you are feeling like sarah in the bible who struggled for so many years i really want to send So much prayers out for you today to Abba Father, so much love to you today to say that you know what, you are seen, you are heard and I pray that you will feel held by the Most High God. Although we talk about infertility and we're having this conversation, we know and we understand that this is us talking about it, but for many individuals and maybe for you listening today, this is your lived reality. So I pray today that you will feel wrapped up in Abba Father's love and if you have of questions it's okay if you have questions of God it's also okay you can take those to him he wants to be able to come close to you to answer those questions to be with you when you feel angry because part of infertility is a grief and the grief is so multifaceted and complex it is filled with anger and sometimes you feel that anger sometimes you question why and it is difficult and I pray that you will be able to find a safe space among people who love and care about you you and that you love and care for as well as a safe space by god to give room for those emotions and to make those are uh, those questions answerable sometimes even by speaking them out, by speaking them out, by speaking them to someone you care about and that cares about you and also just being real with God. And I pray that he will just draw near to you and that you'll find his guidance, his grace, his wisdom and comfort for your heart today. This conversation is about you. It is about those who are struggling with women's health and that can take many, many different faces, many, many different aspects. So I really do also want to say that Fatima Catrada is amazing person who is also advocating for women's health so you can find her on Instagram at Fatima Catrada, and she has a women's health page that's full of wonderful stories and also just general information that we can glean from. It's been such a blessing for me to be with you today. I pray that you will experience God's blessing as you go into the weekend and that His glorious face will shine upon you. Thanks for being with me today. It's been awesome. May God bless you and see you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.